0: Transhumanism and the Quest to Be Like God. Alex Newman joins us today right here on the Christian Realview radio program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm David Wheaton, the host. The Christian Realview is a nonprofit, listener-supported radio ministry. Thanks to you, our listeners, for your prayer, your encouragement, and support. And speaking of support, you can designate where you'd like your support to go, whether it's a radio station to offset our cost of airtime. For instance, we launched on KKLA in Los Angeles this year. We could use some help getting started there. You can also help with expansion onto new stations and networks, funding our small group who work on the Christian Realview. God has been good to us over many years of broadcasting, so thank you for your support. You can connect with us by calling our toll-free number, 1-888-646-2233, or by visiting thechristianworldview.org. All that is happening in the world and our country seems so complex as to defy simple explanation. I mean, is there any correlation between inflation, energy dependence, the push for globalism, critical theory and government schools, food shortages, gun control, the promotion of transgenderism, and even the division within the evangelical church. These issues and others like open immigration, abortion on demand, and environmentalism are in fact all related by the underlying worldview that advocates for them. And once one understands that worldview and where that worldview is striving to lead humanity, Then lots of seemingly disparate issues and events start making sense. In short, this worldview is one that rejects God and His Word and actually seeks to be God. Our guest this weekend and next on The Christian Worldview is Alex Newman. Alex is an international journalist, the CEO of Liberty Sentinel Media, and a senior editor for the New American magazine. He is also a writer for the *Epic Times and the author of two books, Deep State, The Invisible Government Behind the Scenes, and Crimes of the Educators, How Utopians Are Using Government Schools to Destroy America's Children. In part one today, Alex is going to address the push for globalism, the influence of the deep state, and the technology of transhumanism, and how man's Impotent purposes can never thwart God's omnipotent plans. Just briefly before we get to the interview with Alex, what is transhumanism? That can be a confusing term because it's something that's been so recent in development and it's so outside our present reality. Well, the definition of the prefix trans either means across or beyond, So in the terms of transgender, we've all heard that term. That means across gender, from one gender to the other. But when it comes to transhumanism, the trans means beyond human. In other words, beyond human as we currently know what it means to be human. I'm just going to read a few paragraphs about transhumanism. There's an article in theconversation.com, actually written about five years ago, and it starts out by saying this the rapid development of so called NBIC technologies, and NIBC stands for nanotechnology, that's really small things, biotechnology, technologies for the body, information technology, and cognitive science regarding the brain and thinking are giving rise to possibilities that have long been the domain of science fiction. Disease, aging, and even death are all human realities that these technologies seek to end. Now, that's a big statement. Continuing on, these technologies may enable us to enjoy greater, quote-unquote, morphological freedom, unquote. We could take on new forms through prosthetics or genetic engineering or advance our cognitive capacities. Nanobots could roam our bloodstream to monitor our health and enhance our emotional propensities for joy, love, or other emotions. It finishes by saying this, Transhumanism is the idea that humans should transcend their current natural state and limitations through the use of technology, that we should embrace self-directed human evolution. If the history of technological progress can be seen as humankind's attempt to tame nature to better serve its needs, transhumanism is the logical continuation, the revision of humankind's nature to better serve its fantasies. Now, there's some crossover here with what Facebook is trying to do with the metaverse, which we covered on an earlier program This year, you can go to thechristianworldview.org to hear that program, where they create this virtual world that you wear these goggles to immerse yourself in, so you can have experiences and go to places virtually. Now, there's a website called whatistranshumanism.org that I went to, and just a couple more paragraphs on this. I think it will help to better understand what Alex is going to be talking about in the interview today. Transhumanism is a way of thinking about the future that is based on the premise that the human species in its current form does not represent the end of our development, but rather a comparatively early phase. It's a class of philosophies of life that seek the continuation and acceleration of the evolution of intelligent life beyond its currently human form and human limitations by means of science and technology guided by life-promoting principles and values, according to whom, of course. Many transhumanists would like to become super-intelligent themselves. It might be achievable either through uploading or information technology tools like wearable computers, smart agents, or brain implants. Alex will talk about that. I mentioned that word, uploading. What does that mean with regard to your brain? We know what it means on a computer, but what does it mean with your brain? What well, basically means almost the same thing. Uploading, the article goes on to say, is the process of transferring an intellect from a biological brain to a computer. A common misunderstanding about uploads is that the people who do that would necessarily be, quote, disembodied, and that this would mean that their experiences would be impoverished or not as good. But an uploads experience could, in principle, be identical to that of a biological human. Again, this stuff is so far out, it's even hard to follow or fathom. But this is what they're trying to do. You can upload your intellect to a computer, and even if your physical body dies, you can somehow live on for eternity because your intellect has been stored on a computer. Crazy, I know, but this is what they're trying to do. And again, just notice the crossover with the metaverse, this virtual reality experience where you're trying to have a heightened experience beyond the reality that we all are living in. The bottom line here, this is just a rejection of God, the rejection of his laws, the way he makes us male and female, the way he desires for us to be heterosexual, not homosexual, and really the rejection of the reality that God has created for us. And if you don't care about God, you're going to walk right into this transhumanism metaverse world. Let's get to part one of the interview with Alex Newman, where he'll talk about transhumanism, but first, he's going to tell us his own personal story. Alex, thanks so much for coming on the Christian Realview radio program today. I, I thought before we get into some of the issues we're going to discuss going on within the society and the church, you could just tell us about your background, some of the key influences in your life, and tell us more about your Christian faith as well. Uh, well, thank
1: you, David. It's it's really an honor to be here with you. And I've got a very unique upbringing. I actually left, uh, born in Miami, and we left America when I was four. So I grew up in Latin America. Then we moved over to Europe. Then I moved down to Africa. Then I moved back to Europe. And so I'm only uh, a recent transplant to the United States. But hmm. You know, I grew up as a, in a family, we used to call ourselves a CEO Catholics Christmas and Easter only, and so faith was never a really significant part of my life. But when I was in college, and, and I really went down the wrong path, you know, without getting into too much detail, I got in a lot of trouble. I, I uh, actually was expelled from high school, I got into drugs, you know, really, really going down the wrong path. And then in college, the Lord got hold of me and just showed me that the Bible was true. And, you know, the the realization— that the Bible was true, meant all of these additional things. And so that salvation then began the process of sanctification, and God continued to show me more and more where I had sin in my life, where I had erroneous beliefs, and that kind of led me to where I am today, still in the process of being sanctified, still uh, having more and more sin uh, shown to me that needs to be uh, removed from my life. But thankful to God for, for rescuing me from the mess that I was in, really weird background. I was educated in these elite international schools, uh, very, very secular education, very heavy on United Nations and globalist propaganda. You know, I was led to believe that the UN was the salvation of humanity, and that was our best hope for peace and all this garbage. And it wasn't really until college that I started questioning these things. I I started digging into the way the monetary system worked. I started asking just really fundamental questions about the things that I had been taught. I started questioning evolution and all kinds of stuff. And it eventually came to the point where I had to just re-examine everything that I thought I knew. Uh, And, you know, God put me in in journalism school. So I was in the process of getting a, a journalism degree while I was going through all of this. And I feel like the Lord just kind of led me to, to where I am today, where I can hopefully use the, the little bit of talent that he's given me and the skills that he's prepared me with to hopefully spread the truth and, and spread the gospel and uh, encourage the church and, and also you know sound the alarm about some of the things that are happening in our culture, within the church, especially in education is an area where I've done a lot of work. And yeah, that kind of gives you a little bit about me in a nutshell, David.
0: Mm. It sounds like you consider yourself like an evangelical Christian now, not a Catholic anymore. Is that would, yes, would that be accurate? Yep.
1: yep, I call myself a Bible-believing, born-again Christian, just to kind of differentiate from you know a lot of the people who call themselves Christian, and then when you actually ask them about their beliefs, it's you know not really biblical theology, and so mm-hmm. so yeah. But uh, evangelical Christian is definitely a good description.
0: Okay, let's start first, Alex, talking today about globalism and government overreach. In this administration with Joe Biden, it appears, at least with someone from a conservative viewpoint, that he's doing everything exactly the opposite of what one would do if you wanted to foster a stable and united society. For instance, there is a relentless redefining of family and morality. The transgender push is so strong by this administration. There's basically unfettered immigration over our southern border, at least. There is a radical ideological educational worldview of critical race theory based on Marxism being pushed in the schools, also in the military. We've gone from energy independence to energy dependence. We have way too much dependence on China for manufacturing and a communist repressive nation. We, we went through COVID, probably still going to be going through it this winter, but all the mandates over the so-called vaccine, there's a strong vilifying of anyone who opposes this administration in this country, you know, that, that the biggest threat is these Christian white nationalists to this country. And so you, you take all that and you think, why would they want to do that? It doesn't create a, a stable, a strong society, country. It doesn't lead to a unified people. It leads to division so then you think, well, what is their end game? What is their goal? What are they trying to get to? I mean, the abolition of America, or, or where is that going? great questions, David. And
1: and this is something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about and praying about, I I believe, said in the most concise way possible. The objective is, in fact, to destroy the United States of America. In fact, uh, Rich Higgins, he was the director of policy and planning on Donald Trump's National Security Council for a time. He wrote the infamous Higgins memo. Uh, I think he really hit the nail on the head when he said that the objective of the forces that are arrayed against the United States of America right now, and he identified uh, globalists, jihadists, socialists, communists, he said they were all acting, in unison now and he said their objective was to destroy America not just as a nation but also as an ideal and, and I think that really gets to the essence of what we're dealing with here. You know, as I see America, America was obviously an imperfect nation on, on this side of eternity prior to the return of Christ. There's not going to be any such thing as a perfect nation. But America was a nation that was founded on biblical principles. And, and that's what the founding fathers of this country said. You know, the the whole idea, the fundamental premise of our country that's enshrined in the Declaration of Independence, the notion that it is a self-evident truth that God created us equally, that God endowed equally. each Each one of us with unalienable rights, the right to life, the right to liberty, the right to pursue happiness and, of course, the right to property. These ideas were literally taken straight from the Bible. If you understand what the Bible teaches about government, if you understand what the Bible teaches about evil— and, and the Founding Fathers wrote about this extensively. In fact, the person they quoted more than any other was the Apostle Paul. He was the most quoted individual in the writings of the Founding Fathers. And that whole idea of God-given rights, life, liberty, property, uh, that, that was— articulated very clearly years before the Declaration of Independence by Sam Adams, who's often referred to as the father of the American Revolution. Uh, He created the Committees of Correspondence, and in 1772, the first document that ever circulated through there was called On the Rights of the Colonists. And he said the the rights of the colonists as Christians are found clearly articulated in the New Testament. Their source is the head of the Christian Church, of course, Jesus Christ. And that's what the Founding Fathers believed, right? Where did they get the idea that God gave you a right to life? Well, all you have to do is open up your Bible. God said, thou shalt not murder. The corollary of that is you have a right to live. Okay. And, And in Romans 13, Paul made very clear with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that the purpose of government is to punish evil. Well, God has defined murder as evil. And if the purpose of government is to punish evil, government must then punish murder because it's a violation of the right to life that God gave you. Same exact thing is true with private property. God said, thou shalt not steal. That's a command of God. And the purpose of government is to punish evil and theft is evil. Then government must punish thievery. And so that's where the founding fathers got these ideas that you have a right from God to your life and to your liberty and to your property. And so the effort to destroy America, I believe, is demonic. I believe it's diabolical. And I believe that that's what we see reflected right now, unfortunately, in our government. Uh, as a people, we have now gone so far from what the Bible teaches, uh, not just in the realm of government, right? Uh, the, the job description of government is actually very simple. It's in Romans 13. They're supposed to be a terror unto evil, and they're supposed to protect the good. They're supposed to be ministers of God, is in fact the term that uh, Romans 13 uses multiple times. Uh, and, and instead, we've got this crazy idea that came from the world, that came from pagan cultures, that government is supposed to be your provider your protector, your babysitter, the educator of your children. All these ideas are unbiblical. And so on the one hand, I think America is under diabolical attack. There are forces that want to destroy it. And on the other, sometimes I, I wrestle with how much of each one is, is really going on. But on the other, I do believe that America right now is in the midst of judgment. And if you look at the Old Testament teaches so clearly that when a nation is being judged, e- even God's chosen nation, the nation of Israel, ancient Israel in the Old Testament, one of the ways that God punishes, and I'm not arguing that America is Israel, of course, mm-hmm. but uh, one of the ways that God punishes a people is by sending them tyrants and, and people to misrule them. And I think that's what we're dealing with right now because, America has departed from what is right and what is true and what is good and what God has revealed to us, we're reaping the whirlwind and we're facing pandemics and we're facing tyranny and we're facing the destruction of our children and of our families. It's a very sad time, but uh, I do believe that God is going to use all of this in an incredible way. But uh, that kind of summarizes my view in a nutshell. And that extends out to everything, David. I I don't want to monopolize the conversation. But, you know, globalism is clearly an unbiblical ideology. Uh, God created the nations. He explains that very clearly in the Old Testament. He explains it in the New Testament. In fact, the whole story of how the nations were created uh, is in Genesis 11, where people unified after God had told them to spread out over the face Mm -hmm. of the earth and try to create this tower. And God says, no. And he separates them and he spreads them all over the world. And, and I think there's an effort to rebuild that kind of one world system in defiance of God. And many of, of the world leaders on the global stage today are pretty open about the fact that they want to build this kind of one world system that is openly hostile to the truths revealed in Scripture that is openly hostile to the transcendent morality that God has written in our hearts and has revealed to us in Scripture, is revealed in, even in creation, as Romans 1 makes clear. So I think that's what we're dealing with. And I think the Church has a very significant responsibility to speak the truth and to be a light during these times.
0: Yeah, we do. That's so well said, Alex. Thank you for that That first answer to that kind of the overarching question of what is going on right now. Alex Newman, joins us today on the Christian Worldview radio program, an international journalist and CEO of Liberty Sentinel Media. He's also a senior editor for the New American Magazine. We have all these links at our website to his work at thechristianrealview.org Alright, we need to take a short break for some ministry announcements. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. For a limited time, we are offering My Boy Ben for a donation of any amount to The Christian Worldview. The book is the true story of a yellow lab that I had back when I was competing on the professional tennis tour. It's about relationships with Ben, my parents, with the childhood friend I would eventually marry, but ultimately with God, who causes all things, even the hard things, to work together for good. You can order a signed and personalized copy for yourself or for your friend who enjoys a good story, loves dogs, sports, or the outdoors, and most of all, needs to hear about God's grace and the gospel. My Boy Ben is owned by The Christian Realview. It's 264 pages, hardcover, and retails for $24.95. To order, go to thechristianrealview.org or call one 646 or write to box 401 Excelsior, Minnesota 55331 Scripture commands that children are to be brought up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Offering biblically sound resources for children is one of our top ministry priorities. At our store at thechristianrealview.org you will find carefully selected children's Bibles and books along with video and audio resources. Check out the Bible infographics for kids' books, Little Pilgrim's Progress, and the popular Adam Raccoon set. Theo is a 15-episode video series addressing key doctrines of the faith that is a must-see for children and adults. Satan and the world are bent on capturing the heart and mind of your child. Instead, get sound resources that will train them up in the way they should go. Browse and order at org, or give us a call for recommendations at one 646 2233 That's one 646 2233 or Welcome back to The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. Be sure to visit our website, thechristianworldview.org, where you can subscribe to our free weekly email and annual print letter, order resources for adults and children, and support the ministry. Now back to the interview with Alex Newman, an international journalist and CEO of Liberty Sentinel Media. Now you mentioned this issue of globalism. You know, The world is a big place with lots of competing interests. But there's always been a push for globalism, but never really an achievement of it, even though you could say they're getting incrementally closer to it. And you've written and spoken on the Great Reset, comes out of uh, the World Economic Forum, probably the UN as well. Could you just briefly describe what the Great Reset is and why it is any different than any of the other globalistic agendas that we've heard going back you know fifty sixty years or so
1: I want to be clear to start with that eventually I'm in full support of a global government you know when when Christ sets up a one world system it's going to be amazing it's going to be phenomenal and I'm anxiously looking forward to that day I like that but in the, but, but in the meantime we have these counterfeit versions of globalism where mankind is trying to unite and create this world system and, and plenty of naive Relatively well-meaning people have gotten wrapped up into this and I was one of them You know I was taught that it was gonna bring about global peace and all the rest of it but uh, I think as we look at the great reset the true insidious nature of this effort becomes more clear. Now, I I believe I was the first journalist to cover the Great Reset, and I was actually attacked by some of the big newspapers in the country for talking about this, but I had watched Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum. I watched uh, Antonio Guterres, the Secretary General of the United Nations, also a self-proclaimed socialist. I watched uh, Kristalina Georgieva, the head of the International Monetary Fund. I watched Prince Charles, the heir to the British throne, talking about the Great Reset. And they explained in some depth what this meant. They were talking about, quite openly the total transformation of everything, of the economy, of business, of law, of governance, of the social contract, even of the individual human being. And, and I was listening to Klaus Schwab. Uh, I, I'm really quite amazed that they allow this guy to be the front man for the Great Reset. The guy's almost like a, a cartoon villain. Yes. It's, it's really quite remarkable. Yeah. But uh, he, he's sitting there talking about the fourth industrial revolution and how our minds need to be transformed, not in you know the Roman sense of the renewing of, your mind but but in a very different sense and, and even talking about the transformation of what it means to be human talking about genetic engineering of the human being talking about technological upgrades that were going to revolutionize what it meant to be human and so i'm trying to digest all this and i'm, I'm looking at this and thinking wow they're not kidding. They really do mean the transformation of everything. So when, when you look at the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum put out a very bizarre little video. I actually pulled it from some of their social media. They call it predictions for the year 2030. And I think if you want to understand the Great Reset, that's as good a starting point as any. They tell you that by the year 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Right? And, and that flies in the face of God's divine order. God said, thou shalt not steal. Well, if I'm going to own nothing, how exactly do you intend to separate me from my property? <laughs> right? Right. Some kind of massive crisis is going to have to come along. Uh, they say that you'll have to rent everything. They say that uh, the United States won't be the world's sole superpower anymore. They say that uh, a billion migrants will be coming to the Western world. So they have these very dramatic visions of change but I, I think the the common thread that runs through all of it is centralized power, governmental power, and also societal power within the institutions that I, th- I think really already exist the institutions they call them the institutions of global governance, institutions like the United Nations, the International Monetary Fund, which they 're grooming to be uh, the world's central bank. The, uh, the World Bank, of course, is a key player. The Bank for International Settlements, which is right now coordinating the global push for what they describe as central bank digital currencies. Uh, so as they phase out cash, they want to move to these programmable digital currencies that can be tracked, monitored, and, and even programmed to, to make sure you don't go over your, your carbon footprint and things like this. So the Great Reset is is such a big idea that it's very hard to explain it concisely. But I think it it means, as Klaus Schwab told us, the transformation of everything, including the transformation of the human being. Uh, If you look into what they talk about when they when they say the fourth industrial revolution, Klaus Schwab has actually written a book about this. He said the fourth industrial revolution was a critical part of the Great Reset. And if you read what he says about it. He is talking about quite literally, as he describes it, the fusion of our biological selves with our digital and our technological components. And so they're talking about merging man and machine here and when you dig just a little bit further David you know you don't have to go into the smoky rooms to figure out what they're doing uh, one of Klaus Schwab's advisors in fact he's a major player at the World Economic Forum his name is Yuval Noah Harari mm-hmm. uh, he's spoken there many many times uh, he's been uh, promoted and endorsed by everybody from Barack Obama to Angela Merkel his most recent book is called Homo Deus and the premise of it and he's not shy about saying this publicly in interviews is that mankind is going to become as gods we're going to be upgrading ourselves we're going to be combining our brain with technology. We're going to be editing ourselves genetically, and we are going to become creators. We're going to transcend our humanity. We're going to go from Homo sapiens to Homo Deus, man, God. And what comes to mind immediately for me, David, is this is not new. This is, in fact, the very same lie that Eve was told in the garden by Satan. Ye shall be as gods. Mm. Ye you will know good and evil. And so I think at its core, this is really a a diabolical effort to build a one world totalitarian system. And you know, I, I think that's the simplest way to put it.
0: Yeah. Alex Newman with us today here on the Christian Real View Radio program, an international journalist the CEO of Liberty Sentinel Media. Lots of good information there. He also writes, he's a senior editor for The New American. All this is linked at our website, thechristianworldview.org. Now I want to drill down just a little more on something you mentioned in that answer about one of the particulars of the Great Reset, is this merging of the biological human being with technology. And I believe you would define it as, or the, the term is transhumanism. And it almost just sounds like a crazy term, but how does transhumanism work? And then what is the intent behind this transhumanism mission that these globalists are on?
1: Yeah, this is a huge field, David, but, uh, you know, you can talk about some of the technologies that exist already. Uh, one of one of the ones that I think is most interesting and is most critical to this process is the interface between the human brain and technology. Now, I, I recognize that to people who are hearing this for the first time, it sounds probably like very bad science fiction, and yet it is reality. These technologies already exist. And so uh, Elon Musk, uh, the Tesla, SpaceX guy, he has been developing for years now. He has a working prototype. They're, they're trying it out on humans as we speak. It's called Neuralink. And what it does is it uh, they, they saw out a part of your skull, and they replace that piece of skull that they removed with a microchip that is then wired into your brain and is able to read your thoughts, uh, including unexpressed thoughts. Uh, in fact, Elon Musk, in a video that I have of him talking about this, he argues that the next frontier is going to be writing on the brain and that these technologies are already in development. They're already being tested. Uh, And so when you connect your brain directly to the computer, uh, I think that's one of the important steps, right? Uh, And and the people who are promoting this movement, they they put a really... Smiley face on this. You know, what could go wrong, right? People like Ray <laughs> Kurzweil, the chief of engineering at Google. Uh, you know, he he markets this as as just a way to kind of increase your intellectual capabilities, your cognitive abilities by kind of like when when you use cloud computing to increase the power, uh, your computing power on your smartphone. He, he regards the the brain computer interface as just a way of. Accelerating our thought process of giving a, a, a boost to our our physical brains. But that's just one component of it, right? The the merging of man and technology, another big part of this, and Klaus Schwab has been uh, very open about this, so has Yuval Noah Harari, and that is the genetic engineering of mankind. Uh, Bill Gates first introduced this concept in a very public way in the magazine Foreign Affairs in 2018 in, a, in, a, in an article called Gene Editing for Good. Now, a lot of this deals with genetic engineering, other organisms, right? Uh, uh, supposedly improving on God's design for crops, for plants, for domesticated animals and things like this. But he also openly argues that this is going to be a benefit for humanity, that once we can start genetically engineering human beings and these capabilities already exist, by the way, this is not some future development. This can happen now. It is feasible. And in fact, we have it in news reports from around the world that these types of things are already happening. You can alter the genetic code of man. Now, you know, as a Christian, I I look at my DNA as a set of instructions as a set of code that was authored by God. God is literally the creator of my DNA, and so to then say I'm not satisfied with the DNA that God wrote for me, I'm going to ask Bill Gates or Bill Gates-funded researchers to improve on God's design for my DNA. I find that, you know, for, from a Christian perspective, outright blasphemous, but you have this genetic engineering push on, in one way, and then you have the, the fusion with technology in another to become ultimately what these people regard as God-men. And many of them think that they're going to be able to live eternally, of course, without Christ, right? They believe that they're going to be able to Mm -hmm. upload their consciousness onto a computer system and that they're going to be able to live forever. They believe that they're going to be able to upload their mind and their consciousness onto semi-biological, technological, you know, hybrid robot machines— and, and again, you know, to the people out there listening, I know this stuff sounds totally crazy. You know, if, if, if I was just seeing this for the first time or hearing this for the first time, I'd say, wow, that stuff is wacky. But these things are happening now. Right. The, the, the people who are pushing this are fairly open about what they're doing. They just haven't really fully started the marketing program to bring the public along with them. But even that's starting. There was an article in The Guardian just a couple weeks ago that I found The Guardian is a major British newspaper, mm-hmm. and they asked, uh, can transhumanism save us from our, uh, I think they called it ape-brained meat sacks, uh, referring to, of course, the human body as an ape-brained meat sack. Mm-hmm. And of course, transhumanism cannot save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you. But this is the direction they want to move. They want to make God irrelevant. They want to make God obsolete, and they want to become gods themselves, and uh, they want to worship the creature the creation rather than the creator and this is very very dangerous
0: it's all very interesting because as Christians, it's hard for us to even fathom thinking like that because we're always trying to align our thinking with what God's Word says, the truth of the Word of God. But when you reject that, when you rebel against that, your fallen mind is going to go a million directions away from God. And I think we're we're just discovering that in all the different ways man is trying to get out from under the uh, accountability and authority of God, which will never work. The Bible says, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You can either bow willingly now or you will bow unwillingly later. But we seem to never learn that we can't run away and become God ourselves. Alex Newman with us today here on The Christian Worldview. Okay, I want to get to some of just some topics that you've been touching on in some of your your video podcasts you can watch Alex's video podcasts in a number of different places. Go to the links on our website, thechristianrealview.org One of them was titled Big Psychiatry Weaponized for Deep State's Crazy New World Order. That was the title of the video podcast, and so I looked into that one. And you wrote a book, actually, entitled Deep State, The Invisible Government Behind the Scenes, and— the deep state is basically the power structure or powers behind the scenes, whether in government, and correct me if I'm wrong here, whether in corporations or non-governmental organizations who aren't are visibly controlling things, but they're kind of the puppeteers behind who we think are the, the real controllers of things. Describe how this deep state is in really strong operation in our country right now.
1: I think this is really a critical question for Christians to consider, uh, and it hasn't been considered, in my view, enough by the churches and by Christians in the United States. Now, the Bible tells us and teaches us very clearly that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You'll find that in Ephesians chapter six. So ultimately, our our enemies are not human, right? A, A lot of Conservatives look out there and they say, wow, George Soros is the problem, or or Klaus Schwab, or the Democrat Party, or Joe Biden. You know, pick your individual person or group. And I think as Christians, we need to recognize that that's a fallacy. This is not just people that we're dealing with. Certainly, there are people who are deluded, there are people who are working for evil purposes, and I don't want to minimize that. But at the more important level, what we're dealing with here is powers, principalities, uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. And we know ultimately the way that we are to respond to that, we are to take the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We are to take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God as our offensive weapon. But in the in the material realm, in the physical realm, we do have, uh, I, I think Donald Trump really did a great favor to America. One of the most important things he did was kind of pull back the curtain and show people that we were not being told the truth by the, by the media. There really was a group of people out there who were operating behind the scenes who had a very specific and nefarious agenda he called it deep state and so I think it's it's as good a term as any and so in the book you know I do point out the the fact that this is not Flesh and blood. This is a, a spiritual issue that we're dealing with here, but there are uh, a lot of individuals and organizations that are working for subversive purposes. Now, I think Americans as a people have realized this. It's not a partisan issue. In fact, a few years back, the Monmouth University Polling Institute did a poll, and they found that something like 75 percent of Americans recognize that we have a deep state as they defined it, which was a group of political, government, uh, military leaders behind the scenes trying to control our national policy. But there's a lot of organizations out there that are involved in what I call the deep state and the deep state behind the deep state. And a lot of them aren't even hidden, right? They have websites. You can go look at the Council on Foreign Relations. is a very powerful organization that few Americans have heard about, fewer still truly understand. And what you find is top leaders from the media, from government, from banking, from the business community, from military, from intelligence, they all get together and they're pretty open about their agenda, right? They've said many times, They want to see this new world order, that they want to see a world order where the sovereignty of nations is severely restricted. You have groups like the Bilderberg, and this is once a year, about 120 of the most powerful people in the world. At least they think they're the most powerful people in the world. And plus, they seem to invite some people who aren't quite part of the club yet, maybe for job interviews or something. Uh, They get together. And then you have the the more secretive organizations. You have things like uh, the Bohemian Grove in Northern California. Very, very bizarre organization, deeply involved in the occult, and yet you get many of the most powerful men on planet Earth coming there and engaging in these weird rituals. Uh, you've got the Skull and Bones Society at Yale University, you know, and, and this is not an organization that's unknown, even though much of what happens there is secret, but um, when you find people from these organizations, from these groups, At every level of government, uh, you know, there are presidents and on the Supreme Court and leaders of Congress and things like this. uh, You start to realize that there's so much more going on than meets the eye. And so I've taught about this, including at a lot of pastors conferences. If people want to get into more depth, uh, you know, I encourage people to go see some of those talks I've given. But I think. The way for Christians to look at this is, look, the Bible is correct on every single point. It is inspired by God, it is profitable in in every word, uh, and it is a perfectly accurate description of reality. And so when the Bible talks about the whole world being in the hands of the evil one, when the Bible talks about Satan as the God of this world, you know, we don't wanna misunderstand that. Satan is not God, he's not a God, he's not a rival to God in any meaningful sense. But I, I think the point That the scripture is trying to make, the point that God is trying to make through his word is that most of the people on this planet are under the influence of the enemy. And you know Jesus makes that crystal clear to us as well. He says uh, in Matthew and also in Luke, he who is not with me is against me. There, there's only two camps in mm-hmm. this world. You're either with Christ or you're against Christ. And I think as Christians, we need to go back to having a biblical understanding of reality. There is no vast neutral space where people can just kind of sit back and wait to see how this fight goes and then pick a team, right? right. Uh, you're, you're either in one or the other. And if you don't know which camp you're in, Uh, I think that's a real good indication that you're in the wrong one. So I do encourage Christians, you know, Paul tells us uh, not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. He says we as God's people are not ignorant of Satan's devices. And I think as a church, we really need to rekindle that understanding that we don't want to obsess about these things. We certainly don't want to be afraid of these things. But it's good to have a decent understanding of the way reality works as God describes it in the Bible. And what you'll find is when you look at reality, it confirms perfectly in every sense the way that God presents it in the Scripture.
0: Yeah, it sure does. Alex Newman with us today here on the Christian Worldview radio program. Okay, let's take a short break for some ministry announcements. Help us sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ by calling 1-888-646-2233, visiting thechristianrealview.org, or writing to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Scripture commands that children are to be brought up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Offering biblically sound resources for children is one of our top ministry priorities. At our store at thechristianrealview.org, you will find carefully selected children's Bibles and books, along with video and audio resources. Check out the Bible infographics for kids' books, Little Pilgrim's Progress, and the popular Adam Raccoon set. Theo is a 15 episode video series addressing key doctrines of the faith that is a must see for children and adults. Satan and the world are bent on capturing the heart and mind of your child. Instead, get sound resources that will train them up in the way they should go. Browse and order at thechristianworldview.org or give us a call for recommendations at 888 646 2233 that's one 646 2233 or org. For a limited time, we are offering My Boy Ben for a donation of any amount to The Christian Worldview. The book is the true story of a yellow lab that I had back when I was competing on the professional tennis tour. It's about relationships with Ben, my parents, with the childhood friend I would eventually marry, but ultimately with God who causes all things, even the hard things, to work together for good. You can order a signed and personalized copy for yourself or for your friend who enjoys a good story, loves dogs, sports, or the outdoors, and most of all, needs to hear about God's grace and the gospel. My Boy Ben is owned by The Christian Realview. It's 264 pages, hardcover, and retails for $24.95. To order, go to thechristianworldview.org or call 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota 55331. Thanks for joining us today on The Christian Real I'm David Wheaton, the host. Just a reminder that today's program and past programs are archived at our website, thechristianrealview.org. Transcripts and short takes are also available. Now let's get back to the interview with Alex Newman, an international journalist and the author of two books, Deep State, The Invisible Government Behind the Scenes, in Crimes of the Educators how utopians are using government schools to destroy America's children we'll get into that topic in part 2 next week Alex just as an aside to what you just said about the church you know in the issues we're discussing today you know I think there's a call for churches and pastors to be expositorily preaching line line upon line from from the word of God so how do some of these things that you're talking about today so Christians and churches can be informed about what is going on? What is the appropriate setting for that? Is that like a Sunday morning sermon type thing, or just maybe a few mentions of this, or is this something that the church should do on classes on Sunday mornings or during the week? Or how do people get informed about these kind of things from the church? It's a great question, and you know I'm a
1: big believer in expository preaching, just going you know verse by verse through whole books of the Bible, and I think that's one of the ways that the church is is supposed to be equipping God's people to understand the world, to understand reality, and to live in this world. So that's important. But I also think uh, you know a topical sermon on some of these issues from time to time would be really worthwhile. And so for for the last year, I've been teaching at uh, pastor conferences across the country. Our our next one will be coming up in uh, July in. Uh, St. Louis uh, called the Liberty Pastors Network. And so we bring pastors together from across the country. And I've been doing a teaching on globalism that kind of gets into this. And uh, and, and I think it's good for pastors to start equipping their congregations to understand these things. You know, the Bible says that uh, pastors are to preach the whole counsel of God. And that means all the parts, even the parts that make us uncomfortable, even the parts that are going to make uh, people in your congregation uncomfortable. Uh, and, And especially as we see the things happening in the world today, I think pastors do a disservice to their congregations by not addressing some of these topics. Because as Christians, we need to be able to look out at the world and make sense of it. But if pastors are not helping with that process, and if congregations are not reading the Bible for themselves and understanding these things, it can lead to confusion, it can lead to fear, it can lead to making bad decisions. And so, you know, the the Bible says that uh, the the leadership of the church is supposed to equip the saints, and I view teaching on all of these things as part of that process of equipping the saints, certainly not uh, exclusively. You know, the pastors ought to be also teaching on government and on education and on family and on church. Church and on uh, and of course the the great commission we need to be making disciples of all nations and teaching them to obey all things but in that mix there needs to be i think a, a place to talk about these issues and to show God's people, that look, God told us about all this stuff already. We don't need to be scared. We don't need to be alarmed. God has already revealed all this to us. None of this should be a surprise to Christians. But unfortunately, in today's world, uh, it is a surprise to a lot of Christians because I think the churches have not tackled these issues.
0: Okay, we're going to stop it there for part one of the interview with Alex Newman. Next week will be part two. If you joined us late today, You can hear the replay at our website at thechristianworldview.org, or just download a podcast app on your phone and then search for The Christian Worldview, and you can subscribe to the program for free. Next week in Part 2, we will talk about more current issues, and especially how the government educational system has been taken over by the worldview of Marxism, and then he'll get into what is driving the division within the evangelical church. Now, as you heard all these issues today being discussed of globalism, the deep state, and especially transhumanism, it's hard for believers to process what is taking place in the world because the believer's mind is, or at least should be, influenced by God's Word. We all probably heard that passage in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed By the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So, this isn't the case for the non believer. The non believer is conformed to this world, this fallen world, which is sprinting away from God in rejection of Him. Satan is inspiring men to devise all kinds of wicked plans. And so their minds go in a million directions away from God, and you end up with globalism and transhumanism and all these changing your gender, as if that's even a possibility. But they go with it because their minds are so far away from the truth of God's Word. Just notice how the non-believer's mind is described in Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 4, starting in verse 17. Here's where Paul writes to the Ephesian believers. So this I say, in affirm together with the Lord, that you believers walk no longer just as the Gentiles, and Gentiles is another word for a non-believer in Scripture, as they also walk in the futility of their mind. Verse eighteen, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Because of the hardness of their heart, and they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. And that pretty much sums it up, why it's so difficult for believers to understand non-believers, and really vice versa as well. Their minds are futile, they're darkened in their understanding, they're ignorant of God's will and His ways, they have hard hearts, and they have become callous. And they have given themselves over to sensuality. And that refers to sexual things for the practice of every kind of impurity and greediness. But then it goes on to say in verse 20 to believers, but you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, You lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. That from Ephesians 4. So the question is Have you heard him? Do you believe that the truth is in Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is who he claimed to be, the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through him? The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. When you repent of your sin and put your faith in who Jesus Christ is and what he did for you on the cross, he Pay the penalty that you deserve to pay for your sin. God promises to forgive you, just as Jesus forgave the criminal that was crucified next to him. The criminal had been mocking Jesus, but all of a sudden had a change of mind. He all of a sudden recognized that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus was the only way he could be saved. He admitted that he was a sinner And he simply told Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It was a trust, a step of faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the only Savior of mankind. And what did Jesus do? Did he turn him away? Of course he didn't. He forgave him of his sin, and he graciously offered him at the very last moment of his life, eternal life with him in heaven. God is offering that to you today, to forgive you of your sin to make you right with God, to give you eternal life in heaven, rather than having to pay the penalty for your own sins in hell. It's an obvious choice. Choose Jesus Christ to be your Savior and follow him as Lord. Romans chapter 10 says, The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. You are hearing the word of God right now. That is the word of faith, which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the Scripture says, Whoever believes in him, in Christ, will not be disappointed. If you want to find out more, go to our website, thechristianworldview.org, and click on the page What Must I Do to Be Saved? Thank you for joining us today on The Christian Real View. In just a moment, there will be information on how you can hear a replay of today's program, order transcripts and resources, and support this nonprofit radio ministry. Let's be encouraged. We live in a challenging world where fallen mankind is rejecting God and shaking his fist in the face of God. But it will all come to naught, because Jesus Christ and His Word are the same yesterday and today and forever— Until next time, think biblically, live accordingly, and stand firm. The mission of The Christian Worldview is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We hope today's broadcast encouraged you toward that end. To hear a replay of today's program, order a transcript, or find out What Must I Do to be Saved? Go to thechristianworldview.org or call toll free one 888 646 The Christian Worldview is a listener-supported nonprofit radio ministry furnished by the Overcomer Foundation. To make a donation, become a Christian Worldview partner, order resources, subscribe to our free newsletter, or contact us, visit thechristianworldview.org, call 1-888-646-2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview.